glad to be here. We're going to go to the book of John, chapter 6. We'll start at... Do, 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 do. We'll start at verse 1, and we'll read down to verse 9. After these things, Jesus went over after the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh. Jesus lifts up his eyes, and he sees a great company come unto him. And Jesus, he turns to Philip, and he poses this question, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Seems like a pretty ridiculous question. But verse 6, Jesus had a motive behind that question. It was to prove them. Because he knew what he was going to do. Young person, when you feel God presenting a vision to you, a question to you, a proposal to you, it may seem absolutely ridiculous. But God's trying to test you. He's trying to prove you. He already knows what he's going to do. He's not only the alpha, but he is the Omega, and he sees the end from the beginning. He knows what he's going to do. It would be wise and privy for you to seek him out and stay in his presence. The Bible goes on to say, well, Jesus, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Basically, he says, Jesus, if we 12 worked for multiple months and saved all that income, it still wouldn't be enough, even if we just gave every single person here just a little bit. So one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, says to him, there is a lad here. He has five loaves. He's got two fishes. But what are they among so many? If we could read verse 9 together. There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? I want to preach with the help of the Lord for just the next couple moments. There is a lad here. There is a lad here in Section 5 in Salem, Illinois tonight. A lot of times we think there's a lad there in Louisiana. There's a lad there in Texas. There's a lad there in California. But I'm telling you, there's a lad here in this very room. Let's ask God to talk to us. Jesus, thank you for bringing us here together. I ask God for the next few moments you would quicken our hearts, our minds, our souls. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, God. Help us to be yielded, submitted, obedient to your word. And somebody say, in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor, poke him in the eye, tell him we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. I do, you know, sometimes you walk over the pulpit and it's like, I have a word from the Lord. Sometimes you walk up to the pulpit and you say, I hope I heard from the Lord. I'll let you all be the judge of that tonight. But I, I, I do feel some direction and I, I definitely feel something very heavy on my heart for tomorrow. And uh, I don't know if you'll be here now or tomorrow or not, but and whether or not tomorrow is going to happen. But I, I do feel some strong direction. But I believe this is going to lead us into that direction tomorrow, God willing. There is... A lad here. Just like Jesus posed a question, and you know, we, we are creatures of affirmation. We like, we like uh, influential figures to talk to us. I mean, you'd probably make it a big deal if, if, if LeBron James, you know, tweeted you or, you know, uh, posted on your Facebook or he calls you. That would be a pretty epic thing for you to happen when, you know, whether you like the guy or not. You know, we're not here to argue if LeBron's the greatest. We know Michael Jordan is, so we're not going to we're not going to argue. I'm just kidding. I'm not here to promote sports. I'm I'm just being uh, a little silly here. But um, anyways, the we like affirmation. We like attention. And you know, Jesus was talking to Simon Peter in Luke twenty two thirty one. He says, "Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you." That in itself is kind of a compliment because he's a pretty powerful figure. 
He's been around a long time. He has a lot of influence. But it's important, no matter who it is that desires to have you, you ought to know what their motive behind wanting you is. There's a little dating advice for you ladies. I know that guy may desire to have you, but what is his motive? Do you really think that 13-year-old man is going to keep himself for you and only you and you know he's going to he's going to be married to you in 10 20 years? Probably not. He probably has some ulterior motives and he's probably going to move on probably after a couple weeks if not a couple days. And so it's just probably not even worth your time. But uh, now that I made a couple enemies, I just uh, love you all. And it's been great being with you. But he does expose to Simon Peter, Satan has desired to have you. Why? That he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. I believe God's going to do some conversion here tonight and tomorrow. And you are going to know the motive of the devil. And you're going to know the motive of Jesus. And I pray that we make the right decision of who we want to serve and who we want to follow. And Jesus is here to prove us. And he already knows what he wants to do in your life. There is a sense of destiny in this room, in your life, in the air right now. And I believe God wants to do incredible things through us. Now, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 26, a familiar portion. You know, God is speaking. And as he talks to himself, he says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And the Bible says, as he, uh, in chapter 2, that, you know, he formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into him, and man became a living soul. Made us human beings out of a very basic element, dust. And what he gave as a charge in verse 26 was simply this, let them have dominion over the earth. God's original intention for you and I was to have dominion, but we live in an era today where we are dominated by this world. We were originally placed to dominate the world, so to speak, and now this world has infiltrated our lives and it dominates us. It, it all that is in this world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And it seems to be what drives us day in and day out. Someone say there is a lad here there's a lad here and when we think about that we came from something so basic such as dust think about how far we've come since the beginning the things that we have accomplished you know i i i think god my my wife you know she likes to think of like the victorian age and the pioneer days and where we live we're not too far from laura ingles wilder uh, one of her uh, places little house on the prairie and I don't know if anyone ever heard of that, but that's kind of a big deal where we're at. And uh, so, like, when we would go uh, take our children, we have three kids, Noah, Grace, and Eden. As you can tell, we're still in the book of Genesis. Next one will be, like, Methuselah or Nimrod. But uh, we, 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 we t- uh, read the books to them, and then we take them out to, to um, the homestead and things like that. And it's, my wife would just love to, to go back in time and live there. And I'm just like, they don't have A.C.? There's no Wi-Fi connection. There's no heat. And to think about, you know, where we live, it's the fifth coldest city in the United States of America, and that includes Alaska. And uh, uh, I, I can't imagine, you know, you, you know out here, I, I lived in the, the southern suburbs of, in uh, Chicago and Illinois, and, you know, we would always talk about, you know, the temperature feels like in the winter. Well, in South Dakota, it is negative 30. Not feels like, it, it is negative 30. And then you add 30-mile-hour winds because we have no trees except for telephone poles and things like that. And it, it's a pretty different world, all right? And so I, when she's reminiscing about how great it would be to live in those days in Pioneer, I'm just like, I'm glad we've come this far. The modern-day marvels that we have, you know, that we can now fly. The fact that I could be here in a matter of just a couple hours via airplane. That is an incredible thing that dust of the earth now has engineered. That fact that I could text or tweet or I could, I could email someone clear across the world. That is an incredible feat. The things that man has accomplished, some of the greatest things ever, such as inventing Reese's peanut butter cups. And, and we know the will of God. They created Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I mean, 
the most amazing feats ever known to man. And it all started with a basic element called dust that God started to work with, breathed into, and gave a purpose. You know, I, I think of it kind of like, like duct tape. You got, you, you got those uh, pictures? I don't know if anyone ever seen duct tape before. Anyone seen duct tape? It's a very basic and primitive element. But man, you sure can do a lot with it. And if you want to go to the next picture, you know, if, if you, I don't know if you have any lakes around here, but if you've got a, a leak in your canoe, you can actually duct tape it and you can go right back out on the water. Next picture. You know, if, if uh, you know, you're, you can't afford Tom's, you can make Tim's. Duct tape sandals. The next picture. And, uh, you know, if you really want to, to live the thug life, you know, you could have fancy headlights on your bicycle. Next picture. Now, if, if you're more into the arts and craft and, you know, winter is coming and the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but your duct tape flower shall endure. The next picture. Now, and you, you can make a nice little fancy kit, you know, all you guys that do crochet. Next picture. And, uh, you know, if you want to know what to wear tomorrow and you, you can't find an outfit, you can make your own outfit for church. I probably won't approve that, so don't, don't do that. But next picture. You, uh, uh, if this, this is actually a, a, a cyclist, this is a popular thing I guess cyclists do, and it helps them, you know, with the, uh, gripping the tips of the bicycle, I guess, when they pedal. Next picture, uh, you can make your own wallet. Now, anyone ever make one of those before? I got a couple people, all right, all right, next picture. You know, so if you have windshield damage, and you need to still get to work, you can duct tape your windshield. Anyone do that before? All right, next picture. You know, if, if you need some nice tie for church tomorrow, gray is pretty neutral color. It's going to go with a lot of outfits. You can make your own duct tape tie. Next picture. And uh, you, could, you could preserve your camera. Next picture. Uh, you have your own iPod case. Next picture. You can make your own. That is not a male European handbag. It's not a satchel. That is a purse. You can make yourself your own purse, ladies. Next picture. And if you guys want to take a little rest and relaxation, you can make yourself a hammock. Next picture. And uh, if, if you have a dog or a cat and uh, it is ruining your furniture, or maybe uh, parents here, you have a three-year-old and they're just terrorizing, you can preserve your furniture through duct tape. Next picture. And if you, uh, your bumper's not working, you don't need to go to no auto repair shop. You just need to go to Walmart and get you a roll of duct tape. Next picture, just about done here. If you got a cut, a wart you need to remove, you can use duct tape to put it on that cut. Next picture, please. If uh, you are in love with coffee and your vehicle doesn't have a coffee cup holder, no need to fear, duct tape is here. Next picture. And, just, and if you are a runner and you want to prevent getting a blister on the back of your foot or you get a new set of church shoes, you know when you wear new shoes you get that blister on the back of your, or ladies in your high heels, if you want to not get blisters on the back of your heels, there you go. That is going to be what's going to help you. Next picture. And uh, for every youth pastor in the house here that when you're trying to teach your youth class and they just don't seem to, Understand there is another need or uh, you can meet through duct tape. Next picture and we'll stop there. Duct tape, it's so primitive, so basic, and yet it accomplishes so much. We, dust of the earth, how far we have come and how much we have accomplished. You know, there's a number of uh, characters you could, you could, I guess, parallel that to. One such as Moses, just a very primitive beginning, a very humbling beginning. He was a Hebrew slave mandated to be aborted by the government. 
But someone preserved him. Mother saw life and she wanted to preserve that child. And, and so by the grace of God, Moses was spared and he became in the household of Pharaoh and was taken care of and was raised in there. But one day he went out into the desert and this man that had such a very basic beginning, the man who was son of a slave, ends up presenting in the scripture one impressive resume. He becomes not only royalty after being a slave, he has a burning bush experience and he talks to God vocally, audibly. Not only that, but God uses him miraculously where he could, he could present his hand as whole, put it inside, pull it out and it is leprous and put it back and it restored whole again. He could turn a staff into a snake. God used him to go back to Egypt and ten miraculous plagues turning the Nile River into blood, bringing forth frogs and, and, and all these amazing plagues and miracles by the hand of God through Moses. This basic man, this piece of dust, now is freeing over an estimated 3 million Hebrew slaves that were in slavery for 400 years. He finds himself at the Red Sea, splits it, and goes across it. He finds himself at bitter waters and makes them sweet. He provides daily manna. He is the vehicle in which God uses and works through this basic primitive piece of dust is now being used to provide manna for the people and then quail and then he smites a rock and water comes from the rock this man stands on a mountain with God speaks to him and gets the ten commandments by the very finger of God this man when people rebelled and God was ready to completely eradicate him he prays for a nation and changes the mind of a sovereign almighty God. This piece of dust, this Hebrew slave, gives us the first written word of God. The first five books of the Bible. A basic man accomplishing amazing feats. Dust made great. Duct tape, as we just went through a little slideshow, is used in a variety of ways. And how many here have used duct tape before? Raise your hand. Pretty much everyone. How many use it according to one of those pictures you saw? Got a number of hands here. How many know what duct tape's intended purpose is? Yes, sir. You're just kidding? JK, LOL, FYBTW? Okay. What's duct tape's intended purpose? Yes. Expound? Yes, ma'am. Yes, maybe a little more detail. Intended purpose. What was it made for? Robert duct work. You want to show the next picture? How many here, and just leave it on that picture, have used duct tape for that purpose? A couple of people. How many young people have used it for that intended purpose? One, two. See, duct tape, was purchased that the the right to this type of tape was purchased by a man man named uh, melvin in columbus ohio back in the 1950s and it was to wrap air ducts for repair for these very things that you see behind me but how many know that's not duct tape's intended purpose because he bought the rights to use it for that purpose but prior to that there was a woman named vesta stout who was an ordnance factory, factory worker, and she had two Navy sailor boys. And she was worried about the problems with the ammunition box seals that would cost soldiers precious time in battle as they were transferring through watered areas. And she wrote to President Franklin Roosevelt in 1943 with the idea to seal these boxes with the fabric tape, which she had constructed and tested in her factory. You want to show the next picture? We can hear it growing louder. That's right. So in World War II, she has two Navy, uh, uh, Navy um, sailor sons, and, and the, the, the transferring, if you want to go to the next, next picture, you know, these are not the actual World War II boxes, it's a picture of a green, yeah. It was to seal ammunition boxes to prevent water from going inside them so they can save precious time. See, basically, it was made of thin cotton duct tape coated in water, waterproof polythylene with a layer of rubber-based gray adhesive polycoat 
bonded on one side. Now, I'm not going to go through the history of where they think the name duct tape came from. There's a few different arguments out there, but that's not the purpose. Now, how many here knew that was the intended purpose of duct tape? How many have ever used it for that intended purpose? World War II, sealing your box ammunition. But all of us have used duct tape, seen duct tape, heard of duct tape, but not one person in this room knew the intended purpose of duct tape. Moses had an impressive resume of accomplishments, but what was Moses' origin of purpose? What was he called out of the wilderness to do? He, yes, did some awesome things in the land of Egypt. And yes, he crossed the Red Sea. But he was intended to cross the Jordan River, which he never did. It is important, young person, that you never forget, or at least maybe you need to discover what your purpose of origin or intended purpose is. Now you may accomplish a lot of feats in this body made of dust and I'm not saying the things you accomplish are wrong necessarily and they are admirable, they are moral, they are a contribution to our society but I want you to know there is a intended purpose why God created you, why God called you out from among them to be separate and God brought you to this church for a purpose tonight. Can we clap our hands to the Lord? There's nothing wrong with all the things that Moses accomplished. But the sad story is he never fulfilled his ultimate purpose of what he was called and intended to do. And I do believe Moses found a right place with God for we see Moses in the New Testament on the other side at the Mount of Transfiguration. So something went right with him and God and there was a place of repentance that was found. But I, I, and so you can, you can do a lot and you can have your pursuit of being a lawyer. You can pursue being a doctor. You can pursue being a physician. You can pursue being whatever you want to be. But I hope in your pursuit you find out what God intended you to do. And you, yes, you make you can go to heaven and being a doctor. You can go to heaven being a lawyer. You can go to heaven being a veterinarian. But man, wouldn't it be a shame when you get to the other side to discover you never fulfilled God's ultimate intended purpose for your life. This world is reaching for you and presenting to you a lot of ideas that are captivating and amazing and admirable and maybe some moral contributions to society. But God has a deeper meaning and God has a deeper purpose to your life. I believe there is a lad here in this room. You think you're passing through life without value, without purpose. Saying, well, I'm, I'm not talented, I'm not rich, I'm not capable, I don't know who my father is, and I'm living in a terrible situation, and I don't have all these abilities, and I don't have all these giftings, and I don't have a high IQ. I so kindly submit to you, swallow your pride. You say, well, uh, that's not pride, I'm insecure, I have an inferiority complex. When you hear the voice of God and he speaks and calls and talks to you about a specific task or purpose and you say no you are putting your will yourself your feelings above the almighty God that is pride it's a different form of pride there's different types of pride but anytime your will supersedes his will that's selfishness that is pride and God, as he spoke to the disciples and he spoke to Philip and he says, hey, where are we going to get food for these people? And he goes, well, I, I, I know what you want. I know what you're asking, but I can't do that, God. Not if I worked for, for multiple months, saved every penny. I couldn't do this. And so someone to kind of just deflate the idea that God has for them. They bring a little boy and say, Jesus, there's a lad 
here. But all he has is five loaves and two fishes. What is that amongst so many? And Jesus says, it's enough. You may not have more comparatively, materially, or intellectually to other people that you're sitting next to right now, but God provided you five loaves and two fishes. And he says, here is my need. I believe there's a lad here. And if you would give me what you have, it's exactly enough to meet the needs of what is around me. See, duct tape is a very basic thing. But you put the duct tape in the hand of somebody and they can find a use for it and it can go a lot further. That, that, that $2 roll can save you from going to the doctor and paying a $200 bill for removing a wart. It's something so simple, something so basic. And I know you're writing yourself off as something so simple and so basic. But in the hands of Almighty God, He will do wonders. When, Mo- when He talked to Moses, He says, what's in your hand, not what's in your head. He wasn't asking how smart He was, how talented He was. He just says, I need what you got. And if you give me what you got, I can use you. Someone say there is a lad here. I don't. I, I was asking a few questions to Brother Staley earlier as we were driving, and because uh, I'm not super familiar with with the district, and and um, but from my understanding, if I recall, there's some 15 churches in this district or in this is this section. This section. We'll g- give you a little perspective, just in case you think you're a small section. Uh, South Dakota has six churches total. Our, our nearest neighbor is an hour and a half away or more. And so we have this, this problem like Zechariah 4.10, you know, despise not the day of small things. We, 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 we despise our size, and God says, there's no need for that. There's no need. I know exactly what I intend to do. I already know what I'm going to do with just a handful. I know what I'm going to do with five loaves and two fishes. And here's the problem right now. Whether I, I don't know what size your youth group is. I don't know what you're going through. I do not know what you're facing. But no matter how small you think you are, God can still do something with you. But here's the situation. Here's our problem right now is the fact in 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 34, there's a sad verse of Scripture. And this is my personal opinion. I think it's one of the saddest ones. There's a lot of, there, of them in there. But when you read the occasion, there's a young man named Hezekiah that makes a call for revival in a dark day. And in that dark day when he proclaims a revival, let's get back to the house of God, the altars are filled. And when the altars are filled, 2 Chronicles 29 34 says this, the priests were too few. There was not enough ministers to meet the needs of the people that were coming to the church and coming to the altar. Hear me, young person, right now. I'm telling you the same problem is going on right now today. The priests are too few. We need more young people that know their purpose and their call and rise to the occasion and say, God, I'll give you my five loaves. I'll give you my two fishes. I believe there's a lad here that God's trying. You know, when I, when, I, when I talk to young people, I'll ask them some questions when I have to sit and, and talk to them and get to know them. And, and, and I'll ask them, you know, what do you want to be if you grow up? And uh, they'll say, well, you know, I want, I want to do this. I want to do that. I, I think I'm going to go to college for this purpose. I'm going to study that. And so after they, they give all their explanation, what they, they feel direction to do, I go, what does God want you to do? Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. Ready to go thirty grand into debt. Ready to go fifty grand into debt for a pursuit that is admirable, but with the absence of the knowledge of their intended purpose. Now, hear me. God can intend you to be a dentist. 
God can't intend you to be a dental hygienist. God can specifically call you to be a neurosurgeon. God specifically can design you to be a lawyer. But you better know that's what he designed you to do before you pursue it. Because this generation, this younger generation, you know, all of all the adults, we we so inspire and try to encourage you to to make a good living, go to college, get a good education. Don't don't repeat our mistakes. And and parents, I'm not I'm not downsizing and diminishing your encouragement to young people to go into some sort of uh, profession. But I hope somewhere in your encouragement to your daughter and to your son, you're saying, you know what? Have you have you talked to God about this? Let's pray, baby. Let's pray, son. Let's pray daughter let's ask jesus what do you have for my child and would you be okay as a parent saying you know what i'd like them to be a doctor but god wants them to be a preacher i know they want to be a professional athlete but jesus is calling to something higher and deeper and more meaningful If, if section five has 15 churches and every church had 1,000, you got 15,000 people, that's pretty cool. I think in your district, you got some 220 churches. If all 220 churches has 1,000 people, you got 220,000 people in your district. That would be an admirable thing. But you know what? You'd still fall so short of the intended purpose of reaching the whole world. The whole world. And the priests are too few. We need more young people to rise up and reach. And I believe, I believe God wants to use our youth in a dynamic way unlike we've ever seen before. Because I do believe we are in the last days. I believe we're on the back nine. I believe we're in the fourth quarter. I believe we're in the second half. I believe that we are at that time. And we need more priests. We need more ministers. And I'm not just talking about people behind the pulpit. I'm talking about Bible study teachers and Sunday school teachers and worship leaders and, and ushers. We need more ministry. But here, there's 7 billion people in this world right now. To count to 1 billion right now, if you were to begin your count to count to 1 billion, it would take you 31 years, 225 days to count to 1 billion. That's just to count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 31 years. 225 days. And we think we're going to reach 7 billion people. Which, that would take you 221 years to count to 7 billion. We need the miraculous. Because we could do one-on-one interaction, but God wants to raise up young people. And this, I believe there's a lad here. That inside of you, God has instilled a God thought that no adult has ever thought of before. No one in the elder generation has ever thought before. And God's going to reveal to you your intended purpose. And he's not planted that thought in anyone else but you yourself. And if you're busy comparing yourself amongst yourself, it's going to be very unwise. Because God's not called you to be them. God's called you to be you. And God's buried inside of you a unique gifting that if you would ever ask God, Lord, what can I do? I got five I got two fishes and one boy met a multitude need of over 5,000 people. What would happen if a young person here today pursued the will of God before the will of a degree and said, Jesus, here am I. Lord, I'm one person. But if you could take me, if you could break me, I believe I could reach 5,000. There is a lad here in this room. I'm almost, I don't know what time I started. What time is it? It is 8.48. Are we okay? Am I, I'm, I'm all about respecting time, and I, I don't want to go over an hour. I don't know what I started. Where did I start? All good in the hood as it should? All right. Let's do a vote. How many need me to shut up? Okay, I got one in the back. That's cool. With the electoral vote, one. J-K-L-O-L-F-Y-B-T-W-I-K-R. Judges 16.25. I'm almost done, I promise. You want to read about a lad in the Bible that had an intended purpose. It was Samson. Before he was ever born, it was mapped out what he was to do. This is what he is created for. To have dominion. Over the enemy. 
to free my people so they're not captive by the Philistines. But in Judges 16.25, we read this. Call for Samson so we can have a good laugh. And they brought forth Samson, and he was a joke. Here we are. The enemy is mocking us. They are in control. No matter how big you think your church is getting, and I rejoice the size of your church growing, I always celebrate growth. But we've yet to arrive. The, the need is so, so astronomical. So unbelievable. And the enemy laughing at us. And here's Samson with an intended purpose. Just like God spoke to Adam said, you are to have dominion over the earth. But now the world has dominion over Adam. Dominion over Samson. The very thing he was intended to conquer is now conquering him. Mocking him. Verse 26, we read in Judges 16. Samson said to the lad. Someone say the lad. See, I believe there's a lad here. And this lad held this man named Samson by the hand. And he prayed that I may feel the pillars where this house stands, that I may lean upon them. And for the sake of time, I won't read the rest of the verses, but you read on down to verse 30. He bows himself and the pillars give way. And as they all break, it all comes down. Verse 30 says this, that the dead which Samson slew at his death was more than they which he slew in his life. He got back to his intended purpose. And he accomplished more in that last moment than he did in 20 years. 20 years. Whether you're here, you're younger than 20, or you're hovering around 20. And if you're here and you're, you're, you're I'm preaching to young people here today, but it's applicable to everyone. If you're here and you're 50, you're 60, you're 70, you can do more in one day than in 20 years. Or your whole life. I believe there's a lad here. See, what, what, what happened in this moment that changed everything, that brought back to his intended purpose? See, what you had, I need a, you want to be a lad? Come on, there's a lad here. And we'll let, a, I thought you were going to be shorter. <laughs> Go ahead and stand right there. You had the lad. You're an adult, right? Yeah. Are you, you? How old are you? 21. You're an adult. Come on. You had the lad. You had the adult going. And you had the pillar. Can I use you? Samson. When he came back to his intended purpose. The lad, the adult, and the pillar, willing to be broken together, accomplish more in one day than their entire life. See, I believe there's a lad here that still has vision. And if you would be willing to work with the adult who wants to lead you to the pillar, and if these three elements and these three generations come together, and are willing to work in unison, and willing to be broken together, and die for the same cause, we can do more in section 5 than the existence of section 5 in this whole time. I don't know how old this section is, but I'm telling you, I am absolutely convinced that in this room is a generation gap closure. God has put a vision inside of you. We are not here to compete. We're here to complete. And when these three generations work together, willing to be broken together, we can accomplish more of our intended purpose than we ever have our whole life. Let's rejoice in the Lord. Come on, let's clap to the Lord. Because for 
Years after years after years, there's always been competition. There's always been, well, this generation can't rise to their level of expectation. But I believe the season we're living in is different. I've never seen so many elders so enthusiastic and so supportive of young adults and, and youth. We got a elder generation that is for you, that is on your side, that supports you, that invests in you. They are not against us. They are not our enemy. They are not our opposition. They are our pillars. And if we can ever work, young people, with our student pastors and student ministries and the adults, and we bring those three elements together. See, that's the power of the younger generation. We're more team-minded and we're more team-oriented. I know we mock the millennials for all their participation awards for everything they do, but there is a sense of camaraderie and teamwork and together where it doesn't matter who gets the credit. This is a different generation unlike any other generation before. And I believe there is a lad here that you have a unified vision idea that if If you can ever learn to be under submission and work in alliance with the adults and with the pillars in this room and in this section, you guys can have the revival that evangelist after evangelist and superintendent after superintendent has prophesied and declared. They're not giving you hype. They're preaching hope. And God has something for you guys. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Jesus. Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on us tonight, God. I pray, Jesus, you move into this place. I pray you speak to some young person tonight, Jesus. I pray, God, you give someone an ear to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying tonight. Lord, we invite you here. God, we desire you. There is a lad here. And God wants you to know your intended purpose. As it says in Acts 2, as Peter reached back and borrowed a scripture from Joel, and under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he says in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit. Your young men are going to have visions. Your old men are going to dream dreams. When you bring those two things together, Dreams and visions. This generation gap can be closed by unity. Lead me to the pillars. One final push. One more grand effort. See, we get tired from past efforts because we've heard your, your student pastor, your youth pastor, your ministry team preach revival and growth. And last year you did everything you could to have revival and growth and it just blew up in your face. No one came to your youth service. No one got the Holy Ghost. The youth group didn't grow. It decreased. Everything that could go wrong went wrong and then some. And it knocks the wind out of you and out of your sails. And so when the next preacher comes and the next evangelist and the next sermon comes from your pastor and they preach revival and growth, you're kind of like, yeah, I heard that before. And you actually want to believe it, but you just don't feel like you have the energy for it. Because you just got punched in the gut not too long ago and it all blew up in your face. But see, there is a lad here. That there is an idea. And if you would come together for one last effort, one final push, you can do more in one day than you've done in your whole life. In Judges 15, 4, the last portion of the scripture, I'll be done. Looking back at this lad named Samson, Bible says he went and caught 300 foxes and he took firebrands and turned them tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. Samson had an intended purpose. And I do promise you this, if, if you discover what your intended purpose is, your call of God, your destiny, and anytime you are pursuing that destiny, you will see the miraculous provision of God. You will see the supernatural. But again, we look at ourselves, well, I'm not much, I'm not smart, I'm, 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 I'm short, I'm tall, I'm fat, I'm skinny, I got acne, I'm not smart, I, I'm missing my teeth, whatever it is. And you just write yourself off because you lack ability. But God doesn't need your ability, he needs your availability. And if you simply would make yourself available, say, here's my five loaves, here's my two fishes. And when you give that to God, and then you don't try to do it alone. 
but you unite with the adults and you unite with the pillars. And see, when you get, I'm one fox and I tie with another fox. See, we're not, it doesn't seem like we're going to do a lot of damage in district or district five, uh, uh, section five. But if I tie together with him, you want to just grab the next person that you got to just keep grabbing someone. And you tie another person to that person. It started off as one, but when you tie one tail to another tail, keep grabbing. Don't, don't let anyone, you know, try to fight you. You tie them up. You tie that knot. But see, it starts off small, and the momentum doesn't seem like much. And look, I, I, I can move that pulpit. I could, I could pick it up. I can move it. But I can move it a whole lot more effectively if I had a second hand, a third hand, a fourth hand. We can get a whole lot more. When, when the lads are united with the adults, and the adults unite with the pillar, and we keep tying tail to tail, and we tie, tie, tie hand to hand. Again, I know it starts off as one. I know it starts off small. But once you tie tail to tail, person to person, lad to adult, adult to pillar, all of a sudden you are a force to be reckoned with and here's what happened with Samson he found just a small little fox but when he got one fox with another fox and another fox and when they were unified together and they were set on fire at the end of the day the enemy did not have a harvest and that's God's call and intended purpose for us it's not the will of God for Satan to have the harvest if we can tie together get set on fire of the Holy Ghost go out in the field I believe there is a revival in the field. I believe there's a move of the Holy Ghost. In this last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out. Come on, if you believe that, would you stand to your feet? Would you lift up your hands? Would you cry out to Jesus? Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. I believe I'm convinced of it there is a lad here now we're going to pray in just a moment I don't know what the turnout's going to be I don't know what kind of altar call we're going to have but I believe as long as there's one person that genuinely responds. That's the one person it's going to take. Now, I, I know statistically, majority ain't going to get into it. It will be like kind of a, a superficial, casual, five-minute altar call. Hand clap, sway, sway, look. I mean, that, that's, that's typically how our altar calls go. But every once in a while, every so often, there's a lad that buries himself in an altar and says, God, I have an intended purpose. I want to know what it is. And it, it, all, that's all it takes is one, purpose, one person that finds their purpose, their sense of destiny, their call, and they go forth and they do great things. That lad, that boy without a name who we do not know, five loaves, two fishes, didn't become a rock star where he got celebrated through the archive of scripture and his name went on every poster and banner and he was preaching every highlight, you know, uh, uh, conference. But that one boy met the need of 5,000 in a desert. You feel like you're in a desert because you're in southern Illinois or whatever and it's not the big city or rural life. I'm telling you, there's souls in the rural area. And if just one lad doesn't need their name to be paraded and say, well, you know, I, I think I'm going to be the next youth congress preacher. I'm going to, I'm going to be the next youth president. I'm going to go travel all over the world and do this, that, and the other. But you just see, you know what? There's, there's a desert and there's 5,000. There's a, there's a town of 5,000 that doesn't have a church. I got five loaves. I got two fishes. 
Jesus, what would you have me to do with them? Do you want me to go get my, my degree at Yale? Do you want me to go get my, my bachelor's, my master's, my, my uh, PhD? And I'm not against any of those things. I'm thankful for those things. Our church, we have a lot of educated people in our church. I, I am literally the dumbest man in the room at our church. I am. That's not a humble brag. That's the truth. So I thank God for those degrees. I thank God there's a dentist in our church so I get my teeth fixed for free. I thank God for that. And he told me God called him to go to dental school. And I believe it's for this time, this reason, this purpose. God can use your, your career as a call. But you make sure you find out what your call is before you find out what your career is. And that's where we lack today. We're so money-driven, position-driven, and wanting to, to tell people, well, I'm going to school to be this and that. And the, I'm telling you, if, if, you wanna, if God's called you to be a preacher, don't settle to be a doctor. It's the greatest thing you could ever do with your life is to give in the hands of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, here am I. But hear me. If you want to be effective and you want to accomplish it, young person, you ain't going to go it alone. There's a lad here that's going to learn to cooperate with the adults and the pillars. And that's how you're going to see your vision and your intended purpose to come to pass. I'd invite every young person that is somewhat God's dealing with you right now. If you want to come forward, I'm going to give you some direction. We're going to pray here in just a moment. We okay? Is there any young person you feel God's working on you right now? I don't know if you're, you're, you're 25 years and younger. I, if you're 26, that's fine too. But uh, God's dealing with you. You guys want to come forward, that's fine. Here's what I'd like to do. I know some of you are praying at the altar, but I'll, this is what I want to do if this is okay. As many adults and pillars that can help with this, it would be greatly appreciated. I would like us to get in little prayer groups like this. I would like there to be some lads, some adults, and at least one pillar in that group. And that you guys would pray for one another. Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And we begin to speak and encourage. That's, that's what our young people need to hear, adults. That's what our young people need to hear, pillars. I believe in you. I'm for you. I support you. I want to help you. What's your idea? What's your dream? What's your vision? Again, we're not here to compete. We're here to complete. That's how we're going to accomplish these great things. I wonder if we can get some, some adults and some pillars to come forward and lay hands upon these young people right now. If you're going to be in to pray for them. Young person, I want you to feel the pillars. I want you to hear the voices of the adults. I want your guys' vision to come together. Come on, lift up your voice right now. Jesus, help me, God. Lord, I want to know what my purpose is. I want to know what my call is, Jesus. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord. Send me. Here am I, Lord.